Oi, oi. It's been a, a little while coming. But welcome to Hospital Podcast number 12. And um, I'm slightly lost for words because in the studio today, I'm in the company of, of the man, the machine, the enigma. It's logistics. Are you alright, mate? Yeah, good. Wicked. I made it here. And uh, we're going to... I don't know exactly what we're going to do, actually, but we're going to be kind of... Um, I want to present the other side of logistics. I'm going to dig really deep into the man and the myth. So, um, firstly, Matt, what did you have for lunch? Uh, it was breakfast, actually. Oh, was I, it? I haven't got that far yet. Um, Cornish pasty. Yep. Cheese and tomato. King's okay. Cr- King's Cross special. Oh, right. Okay. So, what, did you have that at the station on, on the way in? Or? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and this is because this was breakfast because you're actually mainly a nocturnal yeah. person. Is that yeah. is that correct? Yeah. Trying to move out of it, but uh, failing, to be honest. Um, and how, how, how old are you, Matt? Uh, 25. Okay. And how long have you been nocturnal for? Um... <laughs> Too long, probably about five, six years now, sir. Because I think, like most people who know their drum and bass, they know, I think, how much music you've created. Because yeah. I've kind of rattled on about it on my podcast about like how I was in your bedroom at the beginning of the year and we were looking at your album and you had about 123 pieces, yeah, in your kind of shortlist folder and. Now, how many pieces were there that you didn't even tell me about then? <laughs> yeah, a, a lot. And like, then, can you yeah. put a figure to it approximately? I know you don't know exactly, but... I don't know. I mean, I've probably got about 300 things, I would say. Ideas. But, uh, what, that I haven't heard yet? Yeah. I wouldn't say that many that you haven't heard. Probably about 200 that you haven't heard. So, yeah. And just so, just so um, the, the, the good people around the world can get a grasp on exactly what it means to be logistics, um, how... Approximately how many tunes do you write in a week, would you say? Um, on, on average week? Like, non-drum and bass stuff too, probably about ten things a week, I'd say. Like, I, But they're always ideas, you know, and then they'll materialise into a tune. But. Cool. And um, approximately how many hours in the day would you say you spent at the computer making music? Uh, enough to give me RSI. <laughs> it's, it's a lot, kind of, probably about eight hours a day, I'd say, on average, something like that. I think this is a really, really important way to start the interview. Um, so that people out there, people making music, you know, people who just enjoy their drum and bass, um, you know, I, w- I, wanna, I want you to understand what it means to be a real producer. The pain involved. <laughs> it's the dedication and the love, isn't it? Yeah, no, totally. But what would you say... Might sound a really kind of stupid and simple question, simplistic, maybe naive even. But um, why do you make music? Um, because I love it. It's bottom line. Because because I have to. It's kind of 
a, a burning desire to, to, you know, get up in the morning and work on music. I mean, ever since I kind of got into music, I'd spend all day, every day, listening to it or reading about it or, you know, just talking with mates about it. And it's, it's just a passion, really. And it's kind of grown into a bit of an obsession now, but, yeah, I try and try and get a balance between the two, really. That's absolutely wicked. And it is true. If you If you talk to anybody who who is so serious about their music that it becomes their life, I find that you always get the same answer. It's because I have to. Yeah. Well, it's, actually, it's a necessity. It's not kind of, you know, like, I need to do this or a chore or whatever, you know. It's just because I wake up in the morning and I have an idea in my head and if I don't get it out, then I, I essentially go a bit mad. That was actually... Um, track called Falling For You from the new Logistics album which is called what? Uh, now More Than Ever Why? Because um, it sounds good no, um, I, I just kind of came up with the name it's, it was more a nod towards kind of me losing my passion for drum bass and then slowly you know the soulful kind of sound came back around again and for me like this particular moment in time, I'm, I'm enjoying drum bass now more than I ever have done before so it's kind of a little um, w- when did you lose your passion for drum and bass? Um, I guess it was probably around like 2000 kind of time. 99, 2000. Just what, got, what happened? Just got too too nasty, too angry. There wasn't any kind of groove in it. or You know, the brakes all seemed to get replaced by like drum machines. And, you know, there was just no music in it for me. It, it just sounded like noise, you know, like a wall of noise. Which, you know, when done well, like Dillinger, for example, is incredible, but... A lot of people just make noise, as far as I was concerned. Yeah, it just put me right off, to be honest. And I mean, at that time, you know, you were, you were being disillusioned with the way Jungle and Drum and Bass was going. Because um, at that time, no one had heard of you. No one knew about you. But were you making, like, ten tunes a day? Uh, I, I was working a lot of music, but not much drum and bass, to be honest. Kind of, sort of MJ Coley type stuff. And a lot of, like, 4-4 garage, like, bumpy garage, really. And that also went a bit tits up, and yeah, a lot of that kind of went really commercial, and just wasn't going to work like it. So, so have you got like, have you got folders on a computer somewhere with about three thousand garage tunes that no, <laughs> that no one's ever heard? Yeah, no one's ever going to hear those either because <laughs> they're absolutely rubbish. <laughs> they they were leaning towards the more cheesy end of two step and garage, but yeah, yeah, they're they're safely locked away in a secret folder that no one will ever hopefully find. Don't throw them away though. Yeah. <laughs> you might, might get in fashion again. You've got to leave. Know. You've got to leave them that so someone can discover them in a hundred yeah. years' time. Yeah. Re-release classics. Yeah, know. yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Um, we just like we just put a little mix on underneath, which is the mix that that Matt's done. Um, and uh, this is it's quite timely actually because this is um, this is what tune, Matt. Would you like to introduce this track? Uh, I I don't even know the name of it. I know it's by Newtone. Uh, <laughs> he gave it to and, me with a question mark. And Newton is what relation to you? Uh, older brother. Okay. Stroke, uh, stroke second dad. That's how, <laughs> that's how Dan's not listening to this. Um, so, it's quite an interesting kind of um, dynamic between you and Newton. Because obviously, like, Dan, Dan came first in, in, the, in the world of drum and bass. Yeah. You know, he, he emerged first. Um, and... I remember when when we signed Dan, and he he said, 
if you think my stuff's good, you got to check out my brothers. You know, and we were like, kind of at the time, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, whatever. You know, yeah, yeah. You're, just, you're just picking up your brother. You know, you're a nice yeah. man. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, gradually we we started to hear some of your tunes, and we signed you. And uh, I remember when I when I signed you, I had this kind of really it was probably a very stupid idea of like faking sibling rivalry. Yeah. Between you and Dan, I don't think you need to fake that. To be uh, honest, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask actually, because I thought we could get some kind of media war going on yeah. between the brothers. But why don't we need to fake it? <laughs> no, I, we'll be competitive, whatever you know. It's just instinct, I think, and it's, it's part of human nature, especially especially when your brothers to kind of you know up the game on what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's all friendly, but and healthy too. But, but it's definitely there. I think, um, because Dan's coming through with a whole kind of like, whole kind of tranche of new music now, like yeah. a lot of new tunes, and he's actually more prolific than I've ever known him. Yeah. And I think that maybe your album coming out has probably spurred him on in, in some way. Yeah. I probably mean, not as much as having a baby has. Yeah. No, I mean, I was going to say, I think, I think having a baby's definitely, uh, definitely made him up his game a bit. Maybe he knows he needs to earn real money now or something. I don't know what it is, but the, the pressure's on from the scene, wife. Scene. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I mean, yeah, he's, he's on fire at the moment. Loads Definitely. of wicked stuff. Yeah. So, uh, I think um, there's something I, I'd really, really like to know, um, which is, I've been to your house. Yeah. Um, and you live with Conrad, who used to be in comics. Yeah. Um, so, out of the two of you, uh, who is the domestic goddess? In the house? <laughs> it's definitely not me. I have to say, um, yeah, we, we need we need a, a good couple of girlfriends between us to, to take care of us or something like that. It's not you. Know. So is it comrade? Yeah, well, comrade, comrade does very little in that department, but he does more than I do. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so, what's the best meal that you have self cooked in the household oh. between the two of you? Uh, um, um, all I can think is pesto, pesto. What with with like with pesto from a jar? Yeah, sort of thing. yeah, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, doesn't it, doesn't, it doesn't get much more exciting than that. To be honest, doesn't quite qualifies cooking, doesn't no, it? It's not kind really. Of reheating, isn't yeah, it, really? student, student kind of vibe. Okay, and you have absolutely no interest whatsoever in in the culinary arts. Um, I've tried, but failed. Dan's Dan's your man for that. He's, a, he's an absolute master chef. Yeah, Dan, Dan, and Dan and his his good wife and his baby Henry c- came over for dinner. It was yesterday or day before, and um, complained. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, I, t- I took them out to dinner and it wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I did gather from that from that uh, from that lunch that Dan is actually a bit of a chef. Yeah, no, most definitely. Yeah, um, I think you you have something in common with high contrast. And as much as the two of you are completely useless when it comes to yeah. making food, Mal- malnutrition crew. And yeah. you're both you're both nocturnal, and you're both completely obsessed with your art. Yeah. Is that is that a fair comparison? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, the reason why I don't eat is because I'll be too busy working on other stuff. You know? Yeah. And it's easy to kind of forget about you know the day-to-day things that need doing, like you know paying the bills and eating well and clean the house because when you're driven by something and everything else kind of goes out the window you know? and and how does that how i told you this would, this would be quite a serious and deep interview but i mean how does that state of mind affect 
other aspects of what you do, such as making flights when you're DJing. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, it, it can it can definitely definitely hamper that a bit if you're not on top of things, as I've learned. But yeah, um, I'm working on that. <laughs> What's your battle plan for that? What's that? What's your battle plan for um for for actually meeting the, the deadline of a flight. Uh, yeah, normally, how are you coping with that? Normally it involves taxis and spending too much money. Well, spending my fee on actually getting there and back is usually the way, but yeah. Because like, at the beginning of the year, you said one of your ambitions for this year was you were going to learn to drive. Yeah, it's, it's, it's happening. We've still got, what, three months? Have you started your lessons yet? No, no, I'm, I'm getting on it. I am Have you booked them yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm... <laughs> now okay, you're worried. So you've done actually nothing towards it whatsoever. <laughs> It's coming, it's coming. Well, we, we have, like, over the period of our, the lifespan of our, our podcast, um, you probably get a good thirty or 40,000 listeners, minimum. And they've all heard you say that, including quite a lot of promoters around <laughs> the world. So watch the bookings disappear. Yeah. So, uh, no, 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 not at all. But it basically <laughs> means that um, we've all heard you make a commitment. And now if I break it. To I'm learning to drive. <laughs> Get me to swear to do things on it. People, it's, it's a good tactic. People in the world, just bug him every time you see him, wherever you are. <laughs> Have you started your driving lessons yet, Matt? Yeah. There you go. So, um, in case, uh, in case none of you understand what, what on earth is going on in this podcast, because you've got to listen to the beginning of it. This is London Electricity in the company of Logistics. It's Hospital Podcast Number Twelve. In the background, we have The Things That Lovers Do by Newtone, which is Newtone's first release on hospital for his first single for about a year and a half, I think. It's going to be coming out in October. Smashed it at heaven, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, because we're all still suffering withdrawal symptoms from hospitality at heaven. Okay, Matt, I'm sorry if, uh, if I embarrassed you in that last segment. <laughs> um, I expected nothing less. Oh, yeah, good. Uh, that's, that's all right then. Um, so anyway, uh, have you brought something that, that you'd like to play for us? Yes, yeah, just a little uh, thing that didn't quite make the album in time, uh, a track called Maybe Next Time. Now, um, what's the story with this? How come it didn't make the album? 
Because um, we've had a lot of people like requesting maybe next time. Yeah, it was and quite uh, disappointed as well. Some of them. It was just kind of last minute. Um, I don't know. It, we just felt there was. I guess between all of us, we felt there was there was other stuff that that, uh, that kind of deserved um, deserved release over this really for whatever reason. Um, yeah, just just something that I'm kind of still quite personal about. It's a little summer tune really. So. But it's going to come out sometime, isn't it? Yeah, I hope so. That's the plan. I guess. Yeah. It will. It will, definitely. <laughs> Uh, world debut for this tune. So the logistics remix of the great drum and bass swindle by London Electricity. Uh, only thing I've got to say to you, Matt, is thanks for doing this. Oh, it sounds absolutely wicked. Pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. And uh, you've actually kind of you kind of made it sound how I wanted to make it sound when I originally made it, <laughs> but I, I didn't have the technical skills to do that. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Seriously, man, you smashed it.
Now, um, now we've been doing a rather interesting thing with your album because there are so many tunes on the CD, and we couldn't like, we couldn't release 24 tracks on a on a vinyl package like 12 piece vinyl. Um, so we did eight tunes on the vinyl, which obviously leaves what 12 left over or something, doesn't it? Um, and we've decided to to canvas the world for a vote. Uh, to vote which tunes come on the follow-up double pack of your album. Um, and this tune, City Life, this is way, way, way out in front. Which I'm really, really pleased about because I wanted this on the vinyl. Yeah, yeah. Um, might be a bit of a banal question, but I mean, is there anything at all behind this tune other than the fact that you felt like making it at the time and it was what you were feeling on that day. Yeah, yeah, it's just just a vibe, really. Yeah, Roll, rolling out with a vibe. Yeah. I don't know. I wanted to try and get the kind of soundtracky, shadowy thing in there. Because mm. uh, I'm influenced a lot by that kind of stuff. But shadowy as in DJ shadow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I kind of quite got the that vibe, but there's something kind of quite melancholy about it. Very much so. Yeah. I think I think you really hit that nail on the head. To be honest. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've got a special little mini website up for voting. Um, so for those, anybody who's interested and wants to actually be involved in the track listing for the next Logistics double pack, go to Hospital Records, go to the artist page, click on Logistics, and then Bob's your uncle. Swindle remix, obviously, uh, and then another thing for Spearhead, a, a Ricky Blue track would love me. I've just done the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's like um, that kind of came in out of the blue. If you excuse, that's not that's a dreadful <laughs> um, But it's like yeah, it came in out of the blue, and you did it in about what a day or two days. Yeah, it's kind of just again like rolling out a vibe really, and just trying to get get things done quickly and not spend too long kind of over fine details. I guess yeah. I see when I happen to know this because I've I've kind of done a couple of collaborations with Matt and when Matt says he's rolling out the vibe um, if you actually look at the the arrangement page Matt uses Reason uh, which is a sequencing program and if you look at his arrangement page rolling out the vibe you, you would think that's like quite a simple process with maybe like five or six tracks on the arrangement but with your stuff there's usually about 50 tracks <laughs> Yeah, it's just like layering, really, I guess. Uh. But I mean, how? What I understand is, how can you do that so quickly? I don't. It's. I don't know. You just kind of get on the zone. I don't know. It's almost like the tune writes itself sometimes. If you know what I mean. when, when you're onto a good one, I always find that you know things will just fall into place and just preview through whatever your breaks really quickly, and one will work nicely with, with what you've already got, and just drop it in, you know. And, 
Yeah, I try not to spend too long over things, really. And, like, I, I don't EQ a huge amount when I do put things in. It's just, like, if it works, it works. That's about it, really, yeah. That's good advice. Don't spend too long on your tunes. And if the vibe is not there, it's not worth pursuing. Exactly. So this is your remix of Ricky Blue. Yeah. I really, really like the way the bass drops out, the way it comes in again. It's very simple, but originally done. The structure is very original on this. I love it. We're just going to listen to this for a little while. So, um, I think it's only fair, I, I, feel, I do feel a bit bad about dropping him in it about, because he only missed a flight once, didn't he, <laughs> ever. Uh, I think, yeah. Which in yeah. a DJ's career is pretty good, I have to say. Yeah. Um, but, 
it's your turn, man. Ask me something that I don't want you to ask me. Um, well, I was just wondering what age you're going to get your uh, your child to be uh, producing. When, when you're going to get them started. Oh. Or well, DJing. I think DJing first, I guess, is a natural progression. Isn't it? Um, he's, he's not even born yet, for a start. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I might, I might advise him to stay absolutely clear of the business. Or, I don't know, I've got no idea. I'm 45 years old, I've never been a dad before. And I'm absolutely bricking it. <laughs> it has to be said. Yeah. There's no two ways I about don't it. There's any avoiding that, to be honest, is there? No, it's terrifying. I mean, like Newtone was the eldest brother of. Yeah. You were the second, weren't you? And yeah. then you got two younger brothers. The youngest of whom is what, 12 years younger than than Dan? Yeah, he's 19, I think. No, yeah. So, Dan kind of had experience of being a little, a little dad. A dad already, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, he's he's I mean, always had that in him. I'm I'm the youngest yeah. of, of three. And my wife, I, she, she's the youngest of four as well. So, like, we're, you know, we haven't got a clue, basically. Reading, reading every textbook known to man. Yeah, <laughs> and we, we started going to classes as well. Like I, was at, I was at an antenatal class yesterday, and I was the only man there. There was, like, seven pregnant women and me kind of talking about... I'm not going to go into it on air, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, it was, it was something else. But I kind of I quite enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, I honestly... Honestly, I'm really, really scared. <laughs> but I'm so excited about it, you know. Yeah. It's bring, it's bring it on, mate. It's bring a blank on. canvas, man. I've got absolutely no idea what it's, what it's going to be like. You know, Fun. Sim- simple as that. Fun and hard work, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's what I reckon too. Um, so uh, I think we should talk a little bit about last Friday night. Yeah, definitely. Um, which was Hospitality at Heaven uh, on the 8th of September. And... I've been hyping that quite a lot um, over the last few podcasts and now it's been and gone and I'm very, very happy to report to those that weren't there um, that it was a sellout. I think we had about 2,200 people in the house um, and it was it was an amazing night, to be honest. I mean, you killed it. Thanks, man. Yeah, so you killed it. I mean, how did you feel? How did you feel? doing your set there how did you, yeah. um, I felt like I played a bit too deep to be honest but I don't know it's, it's kind of you can get away with it at that time of night but vibe in there was absolutely incredible I mean I got in there and Q Project was playing people already kind of going mad for the rewind and all that kind of stuff I mean Quiff, you know, Quiff started at half ten yeah, he, he yeah. played half ten to half eleven and he was absolutely smashing it he was yeah. rammed in there yeah absolutely rammed hands in the air kind of business and yeah it's crazy I mean I I've seen it good in there before. When it was February, I think. Yeah, it was, yeah, last um, February, yeah. And it was absolutely crazy then, but this top that. I mean, uh, I was actually trying to walk between rooms at one point and got pulled with the crowd. You know, it was like a mosh pit kind of vibe in there. It was, I was absolutely crazy. I was really, really, uh, I was really excited about the commercial su- suicide room. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, like, it's always been one of my favourite producers. And, you know, in there we had SKC. Obviously, one of our favourites on hospital, one of my personal favourites, and we had, uh, we had Calibre, um, and we had Bailey finishing off the night in there, and it was amazing in there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so good to hear such quality drum bass all night, you know, and, and people didn't feel the need to smack it out or play anthems, they just kind of play yeah. music, you know, and all kinds of flavours, and yeah, just really taking you on a journey, which I haven't had for a long while in the club, you know what I mean? It's nice, I mean, like, we're, we're, we're talking about this, this sort of over the last couple of days in the hospital office, and, like, I think we're, we're programming things now so that in room two, we do get a much deeper, more headsy selection. Yeah. And in, in room one, um, 
it can, you can go quite deep because it's hospital, but it's, it's kind of quite uplifting and a lot more across the board. Because like we had Mampy Swift doing a, a hospital set, which yeah. I, I couldn't actually stay for because I had to take I home. Because uh, she's like six and a half months pregnant now. Um, but the reports I've read online of people who were there, was yeah, I mean, absolutely he absolutely killed it. He was incredible, yeah. Played a Moby thing halfway through. Oh, no, everyone's it, talking about it. Right down. Everyone's talking about it. Yeah, that. brought it right down. I was, I was a little bit worse for wear by that point, but I, I still remember no, it. it, was, it was, you were, were you? <laughs> it was a little moment for me on the dance floor, though. It was, it was incredible, man. Really, Wicked. Really, really, Wicked. Really I mean, I, I really enjoyed my set. I didn't get in the zone. It was one of those ones where. I felt I was just getting in the zone right by the end of it because it's an hour. Yeah, and then your time's up. And yeah. I'm like, I'm one of those DJs who likes to play for about two and a half or three yeah. hours, which know, is never going to happen. No, 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 <laughs> no, it's not, unfortunately. So, um, but it was, it was, it was lovely. I mean, it was you know, everyone who came down was just properly smiling for the whole yeah. night. You know, no, it's a party of the year for me so far. I think. But I mean, that. one one question I got for you because we we can't work this out is that we, we have our little shop there selling our merchandise and your records and. T-shirts and all, all that. We had loads of people saying, "Can they buy glow sticks?" <laughs> now, as a matter of principle, we've always, <laughs> we've never stopped yeah. glow sticks. I mean, An- anti glow sticks. What do you think? I mean, are, no, no, are we just being snobbish? Or <laughs> I, I guess a lot of people probably say that we are, but uh, yeah, it's never been. I don't mind selling glow sticks. I mean, yeah. I, I, I actually want... managed to steal one off a girl there. Oh, just, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I acquired one. And <laughs> was, it, was it still going? Yeah, yeah, it was still going. The worst thing is, and did you did you have to kiss her to get it? No, 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 really? no. Really, no, no, no. that makes a change, though. <laughs> no favors, no. But um, we won't go there. the worst thing is that she actually turned around to me and said, "Oh, you did that to me last week too, at a different club," which I couldn't believe. So yeah. What? Are you stalking her or is she yeah, stalking you? It's a bit of both, I think. Really? Yeah, well, she's raving in my personal space for the glow sticks, so, you know, it's going to happen. Wicked. So, um, that's gone really, really quickly. I've really enjoyed this, this conversation. Definitely. Um, getting inside, well, not obviously not inside of just these. Inside of just his head. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> the man, the myth, the enigma, the enigma variations. <laughs> um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Likewise. And uh, yeah, this is the Hospital Podcast, number 12, with London Electricity and with Logistics. We're signing off. It's been an absolute pleasure.